Chapter Twenty Two of Prodigal Daughters by Joseph Hawking. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kate Fallis. Chapter Twenty Two The Night Club Affair. That decision was that she had resolved to accept Mr. Wakeham's invitation. She felt rather nervous about it, but why should she? She could take care of herself besides she had ulterior purposes in deciding to go she remembered what mr wakeham had said about the possible loss of her position and of his promise to find her another at that moment she could not afford to offend him if ellen chellew had decided to leave her then she must find some other place of abode but where her whole nature revolted against herding with girls of a lower social and intellectual life than those with whom she was brought into contact now of course there were thousands of respectable girls in london who earned their own living and stopped at cheap boarding-houses and fourth-rate private hotels but she could not bear the idea of staying at one of these her liberties would be restricted her times of going out and coming in discussed no no she had not left hampstead for that she had thought and thought bitterly about what emily barnes had told her about peg and she was very miserable as a consequence after all she was her sister and she had some duties towards her could she not help her and solve her own problem at the same time the thought was horrible to her but if she could join with peg and barnes in a flat she could perhaps help in the rest and pay enough for her own keep to be of assistance to them but to do that she must keep on the right side of mr wakeham she knew he had told the truth about the slump in trade and the consequent unemployment which existed especially was this true and increasingly true with regard to girl workers and she doubted whether any place of business would give her her present salary unless she had friends at court indeed she would be dependent upon mr wakeham for a reference of course she was very angry at emily barnes insinuations but she could afford to laugh at them what had she to do with conventions and what if mr wakeham were a married man it was quite common for married men to take out single girls besides it was necessary for her to be polite to him so she determined to be very pleasant and to that end dressed herself in the clothes she thought became her best and looked forward to a pleasant evening she was passionately fond of music and dancing and loved dramatic displays of every sort one thing however troubled her ellen chellew had informed her that she would not be able to go with her but why asked eleanor oh george and i have other plans giggled the girl mysteriously but it's all right eleanor you go and enjoy yourself where are you going why can't you come with us never mind we shall be all right so in spite of her disappointment in this direction she dressed herself carefully 
and made her way to the frivolity theatre mr wakeham had pleaded hard that he might call for her at her flat but to this she would not consent and at the time appointed she found herself at the theatre entrance hello eleanor mr wakeham greeted her here you are and by jove you look beautiful i never saw you looking so pretty before every man who sees you will envy me i didn't know i had given you permission to call me by my christian name she said a little uncomfortably oh we're not at business now laughed wakeham we're out for a good time of course you're miss trelawney at the office we have to keep up appearances there but to-night you are my little eleanor won't you call me dick certainly i shall not oh but you will before the night's over laughed wakeham you know i'm a little bit vexed with you why because you wouldn't come and have some dinner with me before the show one can always enjoy the programme better after a bottle of fizz evidently mr wakeham had had his bottle of fizz for his large fleshy face was flushed and he was very garrulous still he went on you are here and we're going to have a great time a few minutes later eleanor was under the thrall of the performance she loved this kind of thing there was something in the bright lights the gay colouring the sound of the music and the whole atmosphere of the place which intoxicated her like wine here at all events there was to her nothing of the grim sordidness of life here the best talent in london laid itself out to amuse her the orchestra was excellent the dresses gay the singing was entrancing the theatre was filled to the doors every sight and sound spoke of wealth and pleasure and an abandonment to the spirit of the moment the review itself was tawdry and silly it did not pretend to be anything else the frivolity was not a place for serious things it ministered not to the mind but to the senses often the jokes bordered on vulgarity if not on the indelicate but no one seemed to mind people did not come there to study the problems of life or to look at life as it really was the scores of half-drunken youths who had brought their painted inamoratas would have been angry at the slightest approach to the serious let us laugh and be merry was the spirit of the whole place morality was laughed at infidelity of wives towards husbands and husbands towards wives something to make a stage joke about the play if play it could be called went on its way scene followed scene dance followed dance joke followed joke painted tinseled half-dressed girls capered on and off the stage the music was sensuous ravishing light colour laughter abounded everywhere now this is the thing i like laughed mr wakeham this is the kind of show that appeals to me 
pretty girls everywhere good music beautiful dancing bright colours do you see that girl there at the end of the first row in the ballet see her diamonds they're worth five hundred if they're worth a penny pretty ain't she yes a beautiful girl replied eleanor her mother was a scrub woman in battersea laughed wakeham her salary's two pounds a week she lives in a beautiful flat and keeps her motor-car i know who pays for em too but what's the odds so long as she's got em at that moment eleanor almost felt as though wakeham were right it was all over presently and they left the gaily lighted theatre for the streets outside the crowds surged hither and thither but mr wakeham had everything carefully arranged a motor-car awaited them into which he ushered her i would take you to the savoy or the carlton he said the grub's good there so is the wine but they have their closing hours and the place we're going to is free from all that kind of rot a vague sense of discomfort possessed eleanor but she said nothing she was still under the influence of the review that had entranced her the car threaded its way through the quickly moving traffic and presently she found herself in a part of london she did not recognize this is the way eleanor my dear said mr wakeham as he dismissed the car and although the place at which they stopped was dark and unattractive outside it was full of light within i booked a table in a nice cosy corner he laughed now then we'll have a jolly little supper certainly the cuisine of the place was excellent the dishes were prepared by a genius whatever else the place possessed it was able to tickle the palates of its clients it was filled with a gay throng too people of seemingly all nationalities chattered and laughed what time the orchestra discoursed gay music this is something like it isn't it old thing leered mr wakeham the waiter filled her glass as he spoke and she drank almost with avidity the hot fetid air parched her throat she did not think about the kind of people about her that did not matter nothing mattered it seemed to her but the pleasure of the moment and she felt strangely light-hearted the wine too was exhilarating she felt it tingling through her veins making sadness impossible she could not understand why she had been troubling about things after all what was there to trouble about on every hand was laughter and music in the near distance couples were footing merry music and she was submerged in the whirlpool of the life she found there won't you have another glass asked mr wakeham at length when they had finished supper no i've had enough was her reply thank you very much it has been splendid yes they do very well here don't they i thought you would like it now we'll go into the dancing-room and have a hop they passed from the restaurant into a large gilded hall where the ceiling was decorated to appear as though it were the dome of the blue sky best floor in london eleanor 
said mr wakeham shall we take it right away or will you sit it down a minute eleanor sat down and watched the revelry and as she did so a kind of dizziness possessed her the wine had flown to her head and while she was completely master of her movements and collected in her thoughts she was under its influence she looked around among the dancers and watched their senseless capering in fact it was not dancing at all half tipsy youths gyrated with tipsier girls their class was plain at a glance some were in their teens girls of sixteen seventeen and eighteen who had been carried away by the flood of so-called pleasure how they got there god only knew older women were also there with womanly modesty all gone some could not hide the signs of dissipation and late hours in spite of paint and powder evidently mr wakeham was not a stranger there acquaintances both men and women came up and spoke to him formal introductions were unnecessary and one man whose character was plainly written in his face sought to enter into conversation with eleanor the floor's a dream he said mayn't i have the pleasure no not yet old man objected wakeham a bit later perhaps but the first dance is for me isn't it eleanor she was utterly bewildered she was still under the influence of the theatre while the wine she had drunk still banished all thought of care yet at the background of her mind was wonder almost shame she remembered that not one word had been said about a new position and amid all the wild laughter and revelry it was impossible for her to think clearly then something happened which opened her eyes a man entered whom she knew by his side was a woman a woman whose class was written upon her face eleanor took but little notice of her it was the man who frightened her she knew little of him but his house was not far from that of her father's at hampstead and she had more than once met him what if he should see me she almost gasped and then she realized where she was yes what if he were to see her and recognize her what if he were to tell her father and mother and what if he were to tell broad ravenscroft course it did not matter she had cut off all her old associations but the thought haunted her nevertheless why had she come here and why had not ellen chellew accompanied her a group of tipsy girls came up to her and spoke familiarly she could see the paint and powder on their cheeks and they reeked with wine and tobacco smoke they claimed her as belonging to their class the saddest the most tragic class in the world great god the horror of it come eleanor darling shan't we take the floor said mr wakeham here have another glass of fizz and then we'll start no not yet replied the girl i don't feel like dancing now besides you told me that you would tell me about the new position you have for me position laughed wakeham this isn't the place to discuss things like that my pet this is the place to enjoy ourselves come on 
almost without resistance she allowed him to put his arm around her while they kept time to the music then she thought she saw the man she knew at hampstead looking at her and a cry of terror escaped her i really can't stay here any longer she cried almost hysterically i want to go i really must go don't trouble to come i can find my way why the night's young yet laughed wakeham besides i couldn't think of letting you go alone when you go i go then it must be now i really can't stay here any longer the excitement caused by the wine had gone and eleanor felt frightened beyond words suddenly the lights went out and a frenzied cry went round the room the police are here the place is being raided a feeling of terror possessed her she had paid little attention to the information about raiding nightclubs but now she knew if the police took possession of the place what would happen to her she dreaded exposure what would her father and mother say what would rod ravenscroft think it's all right eleanor whispered wakeham i know a way out come with me i've been in this kind of thing before cloakless and bareheaded she allowed him to lead her along some tortuous passages evidently he was as anxious to avoid detection as she and that fact gave her some comfort a few seconds later they were in the street don't worry eleanor laughed wakeham we've dodged em all right my but that was a narrow escape it wouldn't do for speak and burnham to know that i'd been here a minute later he hailed a passing taxi into which he handed her and then took his seat by her side where to asked the driver st hildebrand's mansions informed wakeham with a laugh but take your time but really you must not come with me pleaded eleanor of course i must said wakeham i haven't told you yet of the position i've got for you and he laughed hoarsely then tell me quick she almost gasped and then you must really get out i-i want to be alone come come now eleanor but yes i'll tell you then he whispered something in her ear the girl gave a cry of terror now be sensible my dear pleaded wakeham and began to talk very volubly no no please stop she gasped nonsense that won't do eleanor then he put his arm round her and tried to kiss her the girl frenzied with fear and mad with anger fought him with all her strength and screamed aloud you little devil cried wakeham mad with pain you're tearing my eyes out stop it i say the driver hearing the cry jammed down the clutch and placed his other foot heavily upon the brake the girl unheeding wakeham's threats managed to open the door and leap into the street where she was she did not know she was filled with a rage and fear and shame unmindful of passers-by and not knowing whither she was going she ran until she was out of breath 
then she stopped and tried to collect her thoughts she was aware that two men were speaking to her speaking in thick voices it was now past midnight and she did not know where she was she was helpless too she had brought no money with her what the men said to her she did not know but she did know that their presence was evil and that one of them was a man who had spoken to her an hour before in the night-club where she had been leave me she cried angrily or i'll call the police you call the police laughed the man that won't do old thing you daren't call the police if you did you'd get into trouble my dear you're only drunk that's all what she said she did not know she hardly realized what was taking place except that she was alone in london with two drunken men she continued to protest however to protest angrily and helplessly oh if she had someone to protect her if only her brother john were there if only only then as if by a miracle a change came over the scene almost instinctively she felt as though a helpful presence were near her miss trelawney said a voice surely that can't be you oh help me rod mr ravenscroft save me from these horrible men rod ravenscroft turned on them fiercely what have you to do with it replied the more drunken of the two it's none of your business we know what she is we know where we saw her an hour ago she's drunk too we saw her running like a mad woman that's why we spoke to her take me away panted eleanor i want to get home give me your arm will you mr ravenscroft a little later she was hurrying away by rod ravenscroft's side while the men laughed loudly and shouted obscene raillery how came you here miss trelawney asked ravenscroft i-i don't understand oh don't ask me she pleaded i want to get back to my flat i live at st hildebrand's mansions it's all a mistake i ought not to be here at all but please don't ask me any questions i can't bear it just now let me see you back to st hildebrand's mansions said ravenscroft still bewildered or better still there's a taxi passing i'll call it he hailed it as he spoke and eleanor feverishly pantingly entered may i come with you miss trelawney he asked oh if you only would i wouldn't trouble you but i'm afraid it's all been so horrible without a word he took his seat by the girl's side while she crouched in the corner of the conveyance trembling and fearful you're not ill are you miss trelawney he asked anxiously no no not ill please don't speak to me and-and she was on the point of asking him not to tell her people how he had found her but the words would not pass her lips 
in a few minutes the taxi stopped at the entrance to the gloomy block of buildings where she lived and she got out good-night mr ravenscroft and thank you oh i don't know how to thank you he watched her as she rushed into the vestibule and disappeared from view end of chapter twenty two